Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. In today's episode, we chose The Institute by Stephen King. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us on another episode of Fiction Friends, where today we are talking about the book the Institute by Stephen King. If you're new here, don't worry. The first part of our podcast will be a spoiler-free review. So if you haven't read the book yet, it's fine. You can stick around and listen to us talk about it. And then we'll tell you when we start entering spoiler territory. And maybe you can come back and join us in that part of the conversation once you've read the book. So usually we start these episodes with a short spoiler-free summary of what actually goes on in the book. And Mariana as actually was the one who chose the book. Mariana's here. Yes. Hello, everybody. Yeah. So, Mariana, before we start, why did you want to talk about this book? So, I picked this book because uh, this is our... This is our entry for the science fiction genre, and I yeah. picked it because it was science fiction thriller. Yeah. And I love thriller novels, so which is why I picked it. But there's some controversy around what kind of genre this book really is, but we can talk about that later on. Um, later on. Especially so, among yeah. the fandom. Yeah. So, um, Mariana, right. do you want to tell us what the book's about? So, The Institute by Stephen King is our entry for the science fiction genre. It's rated 4.2 on Goodreads. It starts with an ex-cop jumping from one place to another and then settles in this little town as a night watcher. The story then switches to intruders who silently murder 12-year-old genius Luke Ellis' parents and kidnap him. He wakes up in a room almost identical to his own at the Institute, a facility located deep in the woods of Maine. The Institute houses a number of other kidnapped children, each with special talents, telekinesis, and telepathy. So, before we jump into the pod, can we just gush over yes. how cute the cover is? Okay, this is also yeah. why I picked it up, because yes. of how cute the cover was. And actually, this is the kind of cover wherein it becomes more attractive to the reader the more you know about the story, because yeah. you figure out what the, what what, the symbolisms are what, behind yeah. the actual cover. So... Yeah, I, we have. I think we both have the mass market versions. The two of us have the mass yeah, market do. version, and it's but it's still it has super this, cute, like a shimmery texture to it, almost. Um, and then, yeah. So the actually the cover has it's 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 a train with an open back, and inside of the train cart there's like a bedroom of a little boy. And before you start reading the book, it looks it's obvious that it's the protagonist of the book, Luke. Yeah, and um, it's weird. It's intriguing, and it's uh, it's it's very eerie, and it makes you wonder what the book's really about. Wanna, so, yeah, yeah, it's a type of book. Now, now, when you see the cover, you just want to read the back. Like yeah. when you're in a bookstore, I know 
you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but it's, well, when you see a nice cover, you check the back course, after. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's doing its job. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy who I buy books and I like that book. And then if I'll see a version of that book with a better cover, I'll still buy it. Cover. Just because of the cover. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I think I have like three copies of The Great Gatsby and I'm still looking for one more. Just because oh I'm a weird bibliof- bibliophile collector like that. And I'm sure I'm not alone. <laughs> So yeah, the the plot is really interesting. Um, conceptually, it's intriguing. So yeah. for the most part, we're following this little boy and his ragtag group of friends within the institute, and they have special powers. So right off the bat, what uh, in popular media, what's that uh, remind you of? Stranger Things. Yeah, so, I actually, you know, it's not like Stranger Things because Stranger, like Stranger Things, Things. guy. Yeah, but um, what makes it like Stranger Things is that it's a group of kids right. and then it's sci-fi and then, and then there's this, a like, lab. camaraderie, right. Yeah. 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 That reminds you of Stranger Things, but then... Right. But the yeah. Institute itself, it's really more of like an X-Men kind of vibe. Like, um, it's yeah. a collection of people with special yeah. abilities and except it's, it's not like X-Men in the sense that it's inherently an evil institution. Um, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's harnessing the powers of these kids through evil methods and for evil purposes. But we can get into that later on. So, um, yeah. What did you think of the book? What was your reading experience like, Mariana? Um, for those who don't know, the book in the mass market version is a whopping six hundred seventy pages long, and it took us a while to get through it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I think Mariana, you finished it just today. I finished it this morning. This morning, right? Yeah, so it's it's, it's still always fresh. like that when we're doing the pod. I always yeah. finish the book on the day that we're doing the pod because <laughs> I already have like my thoughts ironed out yeah. beforehand, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so it's a well, it's a Stephen King book, and I already expected it to be paced very slow. Hold on, before you continue, especially on the um, testing what, center. What Stephen King books have you read so far? So I've read um. Stephen King's It, but I haven't finished it. Okay. And the ones I've finished were Dolores Claiborne and mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery. Okay. Okay. So then, just yeah, for context, I haven't read any Stephen King books. Stephen and this King is my books. first one. So yeah. All right. Continue. But I have a lot. But they're yeah. all part. Oh my yeah. God. Like they're all part. But I have the copies already. Anyway, so especially on the testing center... Yeah. Because there is a there is a part of the book where they talk about the testing center or the institute. Right, because the kids they have to undergo certain tests um, within the institute. Yeah. Like to to test their power levels essentially, right? Yeah. And I found that very repetitive. Very. Because like, you know, like yes. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear the same experiment right. from this character from one kid, and then, and then another kid goes and then another the same kid. Thing. You know, right. like it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. So I found that very repetitive. Yeah, I, and I agree. Especially at the near end. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about that once we get to the spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. But if you dive to a Stephen King book, you have to brace yourself for something that is not an easy read. Something right. that isn't fast It's not, not man- right. It's not a fast read. Right. That I can really say. So there were times that I had to park this book because I was out of it already. Like... Mm-hmm. 
this is also really different from the Stephen King books that I've read. So yeah. for starters, it didn't give me chills. Unlike mm-hmm. Dolores Claiborne, where it really had like an impact. Like there were there was a night that I couldn't sleep because right. of the book. Because so, they're legit with, scary. Yeah, because they're yeah. scary. But this this book, it's not. It's more sci-fi. It's more sci-fi. I mean, it it's not scary. It's, it's not heavily that sci-fi scary. with very minimal yeah. horror, if you can call it horror that. thriller. If yeah. So I've noticed that this build up is quite intense that when you get to the climax you can really feel it like you can have mm-hmm. strong emotions about it right. but in this book the build up was for i don't know i don't really know what the build up was for i'm glad like you i would still give it that. a 3.8 or a oh. 3.9 because i enjoyed the book but yeah. i wouldn't give it a flat four you know i agree like yeah. it, it was what was the rating again it was 4.2 i feel like that's way too high. I was expecting a lot because of that rating. Uh-huh. I, I also gave it a 4 on Goodreads, but I was just rounding up. I would have given it like be- between that yeah. number on 3.7, 3.8 also. So I'm glad we're on the same seven, page yeah, here. You said a lot of the, you took a lot of the words out of my mouth, <laughs> actually. The book started off well. well it started huh? off really well. Started yeah, you were well. introduced. It, it's weird because you were, the start of the book was actually for the, not the main character. It was another character who we don't get to see up until the very end of yeah. the book. So um, it follows this guy named Tim. It, it functions like a prologue. It's a guy named yeah, Tim. Yeah, a prologue. It's not a chapter. Yeah. So you're introduced to this um, retired... No, he's not a retired cop. He's a cop who was forced out of his job because uh, he was part of like yeah, a scandalous event. Uh, we won't spoil that for you. And he ends up... Somehow he ends up in Yeah, but it's on the 10th town. page yeah. or something. And you become so engrossed in that story and then it suddenly shifts perspective right in the next chapter to the perspective of the actual protagonist, which is Luke. And you get a glimpse into his life and how he ended up in the Institute. So I'll just give yeah. my thoughts of the, the novel before I get into the details. This is the yeah. first time I've ever read a full Stephen King novel. I understood how... I mean, I understand how lovers of fiction might find that like sacrilegious. I get it. Uh, he's a very famous author. He's had like a million books published already. It's just that I've never been a fan of the genre. Um, I've always preferred historical or philosophical fiction. But right now I'm branching out and I'm learning to adapt new genres. And I was actually very excited. Yeah. I have very, I had very high hopes going into this book. <laughs> Um, maybe to my own fault. Maybe I was setting <laughs> myself bad. up. Uh, I was hyping myself up too much. Um, so this was my first introduction to King. And I wasn't... It was an interesting treat, to say the least. So um, <laughs> for the most part, the book was a definite page turner. For the most part. Not not the entire book. Yes. The, the, the ease and precision by which King writes is very indicative of his ex- experience and his mastery of the craft. Like, you can tell this is a seasoned writer. There's a certain skill involved in getting the reader to become really invested in the story as it develops, even though nothing's necessarily happening yet. And that's what it felt like for the most part. He just felt like, I want to know how this is going to turn out. And yeah, King was very good at stringing us along for that for the most part again for the most part i also know that king has a solid reputation in char- in crafting character driven stories and okay most of the characters in this book were actually really 
had really good character arcs. Like you, yeah. you, I really like most of the characters in the story. But that being said, there were too many characters in the story. Sorry. Yeah. So um, the the ones that you know that he actually gave time to to really give personalities and um. Actual character arcs too. Like I fell in love with them, like the kids and the kids, Tim and Tim some and of the Wendy. people in the town and Wendy. Yeah, like you, you don't get to spend a lot of time with them, but he he made them such interesting personalities. That being said, yeah, even the villains, like some of the villains were very Mr. interesting. Mrs. Sigsby and the yeah. guy with the lisp, like Stackhouse. for the for the most part, you're just like. Who is this guy? He's very mysterious, but I'm very yeah. intrigued. Like I want to learn so much about him. And he's so, he's good, at so that. good at that. But there were also some other characters where like he would just mention keep on mentioning them, their names and I wouldn't remember who they were. Like <laughs> like who are you talking about again? Like they, it it almost felt like a lot of people were in the book just as props, like as utilitarian yeah. tools, like devices, and they didn't really have real personalities or real characteristics or anything interesting about them and I don't know. It was it was kind of weird how he how he crafted that out. Um, but there was a part yeah. uh, nah, it took me quite some time to realize that yeah. the character at the end because it starts with Tim, yes. the, car- the the night crawler. Yeah. So it took me some time to realize that, that he, he it was him that came then. back into the picture. Right. Because it's so again, like we mentioned, <laughs> the start of the book had this like a prologue ish. Um, vibe to it where we're following this guy Tim and he doesn't make a reappearance in the book up until towards the end and, and it got to the point wherein like he started resurfacing and I thought wait I've completely forgot this guy existed <laughs> like, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, and I think it was the crazy girl that yeah. made me think Orphan oh, Annie this, yeah. yeah Orphan oh, Annie oh this is I, I, in my mind I was like when he was talking about the town the lost small town Dupre in my mind where the the latter part of the book is set it's a small town yeah. called Dupre and then we see the story shifting towards there. I, I started thinking, oh, this is this is a familiar town. Have I read about this in a yeah. previous book or something? And then I realized, oh, no, wait, this was this was the town that we were in when we started the book. And uh, it, it and then it dawned to me and it dawned on me right there. It's like, uh, I mean, that was an interesting. It was interesting how he decided to structure that story. Um, I didn't hate it, but it was interesting. Aside from that, King also has a certain level of self awareness in his writing. That yeah. not many people would be able to appreciate. It's evident in the way that he injects references of his own work into the story. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say also. Cause like Billy with a lisp yeah. is Billy. I mean, like right. Billy from it right. had a lisp. Right. So yeah, and then it's weird because Luke, um, one of the characters, actually makes a reference to The Shining. And I know The Shining yeah. because of the movie, that iconic movie, and um, and so it made me wonder: does like does The Shining exist as a movie in this universe, or how does that work? Or... Like, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just something. I think it's more fan service to Stephen King fans. Like he just wanted to like, hey, yeah. if, if you're a fan of my work, you'll know this. Oh, it's like, yes. it, was, it was just Even not Jerusalem's Lot was mentioned. Yeah. Salem's yeah. Lot. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, which I didn't know about because I don't really need Stephen King, but you do. He he really understands who he is as a writer, what his skill yeah. sets are, and he's unapologetic about it. 
to a fault, which I will expound on later. Um, he's so unapologetically himself that it compromises the story somewhat. And we'll get into that later. I feel like it compromised the story. It's also this kind of self-awareness that allows him to not get pigeonholed by his own fame. Like, um, a lot of people know him as the horror guy, the guy who writes scary yeah. stories. But since he's so self-aware as a writer, he understands that that's where he shines. So he can make that conscious choice to not be like that. Like, he understands what readers expect of him. So that gives him yeah. an advantage in like, okay, if this is what you expect of me, then I'm going to give you something else. I'll subvert your expectations. Which, um, if you do it well, it's a pleasant surprise. Unfortunately, yeah. I feel like he didn't do it well this time around. He subverted Very a lot of expectations. Time. Like I felt the story was going this certain way and he took it in another direction. And that's okay if, usually that's okay if the the choice that the writer makes and is ends up being better than what the predictable quote unquote story arc is, but I feel like the predictable story arc would have been a lot better than the choice that he made. Oh my! Yeah, but you know, despite that, I mean, he's he's really experienced, but it's not a perfect book. For one, it yeah. was way too long. I mean, I I know you'll agree with me. Um, it again on the mass market version, it was like six hundred sixty, oh, yeah. six hundred seventy pages. I mean, the size was small, but right. it was but thick. so so thick. I feel like it could have been told in four hundred pages or less. Yeah, it, easily. Of course. You could have told a much better story in four hundred pages or less. In four hundred pages, I yeah. agree. It was also filled with a lot of inconsistent pacing. I know that King has a habit of overwriting. Yeah, he's guilty of it here. There were definitely a lot of descriptions of scenes and narrations of events that didn't need to be there. Yeah. Paragraphs that were full of text that didn't do much to enhance the quality of the storytelling. Certain segments merely felt like forgettable additions to a story that could have survived without them. A lot of unnecessary without fluff, it, essentially. Know. A lot of unnecessary fluff. There was also. Is that what you call lazy writing? Towards the end, there's lazy writing. Towards the end, there's lazy writing. It, it, it almost felt like um, when he got to like the high 600s with his page count, he was like, oh, I have to resolve yeah. this story now. It's getting too long. So he crams like a significant chunk of the plot within the last 30 pages. And you're like, really? That's how you're choosing to play it out? And I don't know. I just didn't like that. Yeah. yeah and again, there were way too many characters. It was too hard to keep up. I agree. And I, it, it almost felt like he was forcing layers of death depth to the story even though they were mostly hollow there was nothing i could extract no hard lessons from there um, it made the story a little too overwhelming and it was tough to keep up yeah so i think maybe the last thing i want to say about it i want to touch back on is its pacing i did yeah. say that the book is a page turner but it's not always a page turner there were some parts where just like what it's just page after page of like useless narration <laughs> that didn't need to be there and you're just like I felt like I was crawling through mud trying to get through that that part of the that, story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean... I had to wait for you and park it. Yeah. Then you so, got your own copy and I was like, okay, I'm going back. The introduction like, to the story was really well executed for the most yeah. part. And he's really good at setting up potential for high payoffs. It's just that the payoffs never... It never met my expectations or what I wanted them to be. What did you think? Let's talk about that, Anoha, because I wanna like, I wanna know what the build up. Okay, after reading those two books, but I just wanna talk about the build up, like what it was for. Yeah, 
no 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 resolution it wasn't fulfilled (laughs) essentially um yeah yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that further about that Um, I got really disappointed because it was a really long book and I feel like there were so many parts of it that weren't that didn't get fleshed out the way I wanted them to like there were so many parts that I wanted to explore further but I just but he didn't go there because he was focused on other things that weren't really necessary yeah and uh, I don't know that's just one of my biggest frustrations about the book but that being said again it's still an enjoyable read for the most part the story was obviously inspired by the camaraderie of like the Stranger Things Breakfast Club group of kids yeah. who are like uh, have different it, personalities, group of kids. right? Like it. like that who are faced with who are facing some very tough challenges, and you know it's a story about friendship and banding together to fight um, this evil um, institution. A evil. Yeah. yeah, the book definitely isn't as good as Stranger Things as the uh, as a show. Um, it's not as good as <laughs> X Men the comic books, but um, it's still a solid story. It's yeah, it's uh, a great if, book. If only it a could have been told book. in fewer words. words yeah, it would have been like <laughs> then it better. could have been like a, a near perfect thriller for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the the genre because we both know it's not horror. It's I wasn't scared for one bit reading this book. It's not the kind of book like I spent. Like oh no I'm gonna have nightmares because of this. It like I know um it wasn't I don't think it was dubbed as horror. Yeah, I but thought the, it was like but that's sci-fi thing. thriller. Yeah, but if I let's I think we can move on to the context around the book because I feel like we can have a so yes, better yes, discussion yeah. around the actual genre. So okay, it won the 2020 Audie Awards for best thriller or suspense audiobook, <laughs> which I don't which I which I accept the book. Is written in a way like it would be a good audiobook just because the kids make such interesting characters and well yeah. all of the characters are well most of the main characters are very interesting. So it would it would be really fun to hear that in a dramatization through an audiobook. It also won the British uh, British Fantasy Awards 2020 for Best Horror Novel. It won the yeah. 2019 Goodreads Choice for the Best Horror Novel. 2020 huh? Locus Award for the Best Horror Novel. And yeah, so it's essentially classified as a horror in terms of its achievements. But I agree with you. I mean, it, it won all of these awards for horror, but it, it's not. <laughs> it's so unfair. It's not, it's not a horror novel. It, no, I, maybe it's, because, oh, it's, just it's, Stephen, it's King. Stephen King. Right. I feel like it's just because it's him. <laughs> were the critics not reading the book? Yeah, it's, there there <laughs> are no scary elements, to, horrific elements None. to it at all. None. Zero. There, there is some supernatural I mean, elements to it. There are some supernatural elements to it with the telepathy and but the telekinesis, horror. but it's yeah. not a horror. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. I mean, like thriller, uh, you can accept. Uh, for me, uh, it's kind yeah. of a thriller. Yeah, but like for me, um, horror, it, there has to be. Uh, I don't know if this is correct, but like I've always thought that horror, there has to be a presence of a being, a right, monster, right. or or like or like killer or you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. But then here it's the institute that yeah. makes it scary. Yeah. Is it oh what the scary institute. Well there were a lot of so horrific is, is scenes. It it's not horrific. Like what, the, in the rectal thermometer? Yeah, scenes like that are like uh, you know, the tests that were done like were kind being? of horrific, but they weren't they weren't scary. You know, they were scarring but they weren't scary. <laughs> 
more of like disturbing maybe would be the best word yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. disturbing <laughs> yeah um so the tv rights were secured for a limited series by david kelly he's known to okay, be the creator of series like ali mcbeal boston public and big little lies and <gasps> with I love that show. jack bender who is okay. a director who has worked on projects like Lost, The Sopranos, and Game of Thrones. So, oh, he's in good hands. Yeah. So this book is in good hands. I think, I think they made the right choice by making this a series because there's no way they would have been able to make a good movie out of this with its length, <laughs> yeah. unless they were like gonna go limited all, series. Also. Zack Snyder with like three hour, four hour movie, then maybe it would have worked, but. I think, yeah, a limited series would be a good way to, to go about telling this story. There's so much potential for a limited series, given that, again, yeah. there are so many characters. So at least having different episodes can give you the chance to like, explore. for this character, yeah. this character, and all that. But I feel like when the series comes out, it's inevitably going to be compared to Stranger Things, which is, yeah. I, would, I feel, is one of the best shows on TV right now. And I don't know if it's going to be able to live up to the hype. I can't see... The Institute being a better show than Stranger Things. I don't know how they can make it a better TV show than Stranger Things. And it's very evident oh. that a lot of that is... A lot of Stranger Things has inspired the the relationship between these kids, I feel like. But I would still watch it, um, for sure. I don't know, because like, I liked Stranger Things, but... Uh-huh. In the near end, na like right. the, the there there are lots of seasons. Yeah, yeah. The late the 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 newer one. The latter one kay. wasn't the, wasn't the best. I agree. It wasn't so much. Yeah. yeah, but like the the first season was really like strong. Uh huh. So I don't know, but like I mean, do you like Game of Thrones? I like I okay, so I love Game of Thrones, and I feel like this book is like the. Is a perfect representation of what happened to Game of Thrones. There was there were so many. Mm. It was a lot of build up, and yeah. it was so good at stringing us along for throughout that entire build up, setting up yes. like just increasing the potential for a great payoff um, with every passing season. <laughs> and then when you get to the end, wherein you feel like it's just crammed into this really condensed timeline and you're just like that's it that's that that's what we've all that's been waiting for all of these years <laughs> yeah and, it, and that's exactly what this book felt like it was like 600 pages of just what's the creator the guy right what? the creator of game of thrones the creator of game of thrones is taking this right? no so, no no um one of the one of the guys who who used the direct game of thrones episodes direct. is gonna be the director so, for so for, i don't okay, know so i we'll feel see. like it's yeah. We'll see. I mean, it has potential. I mean, I'll definitely watch it because there are so many scenes here that would translate well on on TV. Like, yeah, especially towards especially the, the end. experiments. Right. Experiments, yeah. the supernatural parts. Yeah. So, who would you recommend this book to? So, um, this book is for people who don't like science fiction but want to try reading it. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of sci-fi at all, okay. but sci-fi mixed with thriller is another thing. So people who like the series, I am not okay with this. Do you know that? I am not okay with this on Netflix. It's um, pretty good, huh? Okay, I'll check it out. 
I haven't, yeah, I haven't I'm not it. okay with this uh-huh. and stranger things or topics about experiments or stories yeah. with children yeah. leads uh-huh. um, would enjoy this yeah so I have a question for you yes you think people who like sci-fi will like this book no but no. <laughs> yeah yes. um there you I had go. I had my own personal gripes with the way the sci-fi aspects of this story was played out. He made some very peculiar choices. I guess it all depends on how strict you are in terms of like your sci-fi. With if you're sci-fi, if yeah. you're the kind of sci-fi fan who wants to like criticize, scrutinize every aspect of the science fiction and like making sure that everyone yeah. everything logically plays out, I don't think this would be a good one. Um, yeah, you, the, you would be too stressed out with all the minor nitpicky stuff but if you're just like if you just like sci-fi for the sec for the sake of like exploring unfamiliar worlds and stuff like that then 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 it, it can work it can work for you um you just have to suspend your logic for a little while in order for you to really get behind it however for the most part for the general reader who's just like a fan of yeah good fiction this is good fiction i can say it's really good fiction it's it a is. it's an interesting story with a really interesting concept it's not perfectly executed but and it's kind of long so if you're not someone who likes to read long books maybe maybe read something else <laughs> in between <laughs> in order for you yeah. to get through it but for the most part it's it's still an enjoyable read i'll stand by my stand by that opinion it's still an enjoyable read and i'm looking forward to reading more stephen king yeah of course definitely yeah, so do you have anything else? None. Right. So I guess that concludes the spoiler-free portion of our podcast. We'll be right back after this break. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part. Anyway, so now we're moving on to our favorite quotes. Okay, yeah. So this is the, usually the part where I get really excited. But <laughs> I only have but... one, Mariana. I only have one. I only have one written down. How many do you have? <laughs> um, I only have one also. And it's not even a quote, like okay. a quotable quote. It's like a, a part. Okay, but you anyway, start. You start. So... In contrast uh-huh. to the previous books we've done reviews for, this doesn't really have a lot of quotes, I would say. Yeah, it's not a quote. So the few book. ones yeah. that I will be mentioning were found on the first few pages. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't really say it had a huge impact on the story itself. Yeah. So the quote is, Lies usually come back to haunt the liar. Mm. So that line. Yeah. So yeah, this was mentioned when Tim, the night watcher, was talking about himself when he was applying for a job in the sheriff's department. Right. So yeah, this 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 line it actually scares me. This line <laughs> scares me. It's like it might be the scariest part you sure of the you book. You want to lie it, about this? Maybe that's why it's horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! No, but like. Because as much as my Scorpio moon would love to keep secrets, my Virgo sun can't and won't allow a lie to bite me in the ass one day. Uh So this line reminds me to be on top of things because lies usually come back to haunt the liar. And Mm -hmm. Side note, for astrology advice, feel free to reach out to Mariana on her Instagram. 
we'll plug her Instagram at the end of the show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, no, but yeah, so, I, I agree. It's a good line. And then there's a part that said also now, what you did for yourself is what gave you power. Uh-huh. It's on page 471. So, just, oh, just that. Right. And anyway, so before we move on to your quote, this yeah. question was asked in the early part of the book. Uh-huh. I think it was Luke asking his mom, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. So, do you think memory is a blessing or a curse? Ooh. Let me preface my answer by saying Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite movies ever. So it's mentioned there. They got they went through something very traumatic and so they go through this scientific procedure to have that memory taken out of their brain to get um, Oh whoa. Yeah, so th- th- they're a couple and they're they were heartbroken when they broke up with one another, so they went through the scientific operation to get their memories erased about each other and as as the operation is going on they they start to back out. They want to hold on to those memories. They start to realize, no, wait, I I don't want to go through this. I want to keep these memories, even though a lot most of them are bad because yeah. you know there's still a lot of good in there also. And I guess that's where I stand on that. Memories, for the most that's part, a nice are a curse, but you you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, that's a nice quote. I didn't catch that actually. So uh, in the book, yeah, it was the very first part. Yeah. Uh, wait, I want to go back to. <laughs> Your the quote that you talked about earlier, like um about the power, or the the yeah, second one you is mentioned. That your well, quote? Can you say it again? What you did for yourself is what gave you power. Right. So um that plays a lot into how the kids are eventually able to rise up against the institute, right? That quote. Yeah. Um, when they start to realize that they can start using their powers for themselves, and they aren't just tools or experiments anymore, or they aren't just weapons. And they start to realize, wait, we have this huge potential. I mean, we might as well just use it to better our situation. It speaks a lot of the character growth of these kids, you know, um, being thrust into a very despicable and very stressful and harsh environment and where environment, where they're just yeah. broken down. And I can't even imagine like what would be what it would be like to go through that. And to yeah. eventually get to the place wherein they realize, wait, no, we have we have that power. We just have to use it for ourselves. And yeah, I, I feel like I didn't catch that quote, but when you said it, it it, yeah. it made me realize, oh, that's 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 the a good, a good that's the fulfillment of their quote. character arc of essentially of the kids. I only have one quote. Well, what is it? At least our quotes are kind of heavy, but like right. they're kind of <laughs> great. Yeah, I know. Actually, maybe I have two, but one in particular okay. is. Great. It, it's it's something that Luke remembers that his dad tells him. It's great events turn on small hinges. And it's, okay. a, it's a recurring theme that comes back over and over again throughout the book where it deals a lot with fate. How big things that happen in the world are a result of the small choices and the chance occurrences that happen every day. Like... Tim Jameson yeah. wouldn't have ended up in Dupre if he hadn't accepted, you know, getting off that plane. Oh, yeah. If he hadn't been on that plane and he just like made a choice to like, okay, I'll be the one to leave the plane. So he he decides to hitchhike and then he makes a series of choices, which eventually lands him into a town which happens to be looking for a night knocker. A night knocker. Which, by the way, I didn't night know existed until thing. now. I didn't know it was an actual profession. And his f- grandfather just happens to be, happen to be a night wa- night knocker, apparently, and he takes the job. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then and then towards the yeah. end of the book, when we have the great reveal about the nature of the Institute, 
wherein they were trying to eliminate targets who would serve as potential threats to humanity and society as a whole. It's like they aren't immediate threats, but they foresee that these people can sp- can play very specific roles, very uh, small hinges that can translate to great events, great in so either yeah. a good or a bad sense. So this book de- delves a lot into that theme of fate and destiny and um, being in the right place at the right time or at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I feel like that quote in particular was a great encapsulation of the entire theme of the story. Yeah. yeah. I agree also. There's also another quote. It's on page 171 yeah. and it's, it's this. As his father liked to say, it was good to have goals. They could bring you through tough times. Because I was struggling to figure out what the kids' motivations were. Like, imagine you, you were thrust into the institute and you were taken away from your parents. Your initial instinct is to go back to your family. Your motivation is to yeah. be to get out of the That's institute as fast as you can, exactly. get back to your family. And they're told that. The, the institute tells them that, okay, if you just follow our instructions, eventually you will be put yeah. back into the world. Uh, your, your memories will be wiped and then you'll be returned to your families. But then Luke discovers that by chance, like he happens to have a computer that he can access the internet with, he discovers that his parents are dead. dead. And, okay. and so his motivations shift and his goals shift. Uh, instead of trying to find a way to get back to his family, his motivations are now um, skewed towards, okay, now I have to fight for my survival, but not just my survival, also my friends. My friends. And it's yeah. interesting to see his the shift of his goals and how his goals are what kept him going and surviving despite the trials that were brought upon him in the institute. And I, I, yeah, so again, it's another example of a really nice quote that encapsulated the character arc and the development of Luke in particular, um, the journey that he went through as the protagonist. Yeah, so I think that's it with my favorite quotes. Do you have any more? No more. Okay, maybe we can move on to memorable yeah. moments. Well, I mean, it's not really mem- memorable, Bob, but like I was really looking forward to what was inside the USB. Right. Like, I really flash drive. <laughs> yeah, he flash built that drive. up really well. Stephen King yeah. built that up. Like, throughout the whole time, you're just like, what, what's, what's inside that? Yeah, what's, what's inside? inside the flash drive? Yeah. So, yeah, I was excited to find out what Maureen, the caretaker, had to say about the entire thing. Like, you, you, you could get the sense, like, it was probably filled with incriminating evidence to, like, bring down the institute or something like it's that. True. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was worth it? Like the the hype, the flash drive hype no, was worth it. I wasn't happy with it. With, with the were, result, yeah. Were you happy with it? It was okay. Like I found it um lacking. Yeah, it was okay. Like I, I wanted more like yeah. juice, you know, yeah. like more tea. It was a little meh. Like yeah, documents, like, okay. it could have had like documents and whatever. But I understand she was just yeah. like a caretaker. I mean, what could she and, have done? She didn't have access to that stuff. But um, there's this one thing about. Maureen that I just can't wrap my head around because she's assuming you've read the book you know that she's the quote-unquote good one the only good employee in the institute but she isn't really good she's more of sympathetic she's more Uh, friendly yeah yeah she's more friendly friendly to the kids and um, towards the end she realizes that what she's doing what the institute is doing is bad and she decides to take her life but she also gives Luke the chance to take down the institute by giving her by giving him the the flash drive and 
he also yeah. she also essentially plans his entire escape like she prepares for everything she does she sets the boat there she gives him the directions and how to escape and everything why do you think she she just <laughs> didn't do it herself like go come clean like hey this go to the police and say this there's this institute that's harming kids <laughs> like why did she have to wait for Luke to do that why couldn't she have done that herself no because like um i feel like i don't know personally yeah i feel like she did it because luke helped her right like she didn't really care like Mark, she didn't okay. really care but since she fa- like it's more of like a personal affinity to luke personality yeah uh, that that oh this kid's helping me hmm. do this and that and like yeah. What what is it in English? Utang kabubot on. Yeah, or utang utang sa loob, something like that. No. Yeah, yeah. something like utang that. Loob, yeah. <laughs> I'm the okay. version of him. Yeah. Okay. I guess if you put it that way, um, <laughs> you know. I always, um, I always, when I when I was reading it, like I returning favors. Right. Yeah, returning favors. I always thought it was well, like she only did it because she felt guilty. She realized like what they were doing was bad. Yeah, but if you, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe she was just sympathetic towards Luke because he was nice to her and she, he was really genuinely trying to help her out with her situation in life. Yeah. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, she also needed the money from the institute right. for, yeah, for the for, for her, her issues her for her kid and yeah. her treatment and whatever. So memorable moments. I don't really have a lot. There are good and bad ones, which we'll talk about here. Number one, I like all the references that Stephen King makes to his previous work. It, again, yeah. um, even I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan, but it made me feel like, oh, I understand this reference. I'm in. I'm part of the crowd. I'm, like, you know, it makes you feel like he's <laughs> rewarding me for knowing this. Like, yeah, um, it's just fan service, and it, it makes you feel good. His cultural references are also great. They add a layer of realism yeah, to the story. The Nazi. Yeah. Like he also talks about Game of Thrones, um, M. Night Shyamalan, and he talks about Dostoevsky. And these are things that like ground us in the reality of yeah. the story, even though it's a very fantastical story. But you know, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, actually, I wouldn't yeah. say this cannot happen right. in real life it can right it can um actually there's there's did you read the author's note in the back i, I didn't I, oh you did it. okay oh, so um it. it's really sad actually because like, yeah so in this author's it's note, it's a short one um stephen king brings up this guy named russ door essentially russ door is like his researcher his go-to researcher for when he needs um info on very complex topics like in particular sci-fi huh. and this one yeah. russ door passed away and so he he just wanted to acknowledge Russ Door and all the work that he's done for Stephen King throughout yeah. his collection of books. books and yeah. one important detail that Russ con- contributed to the Institute was the whole idea of BDNF, which essentially in the book is used as a a measure, a way to measure a child's ability to be like you know telekinetic or telepathic and actually it's a real thing so Russ Dorr actually researched it and kids actually have real BDNF levels that are measured at birth if you're if you're still struggling to wrap your mind around the concept it's like in Star Wars they have this it's the it's called the midichlorians and the more midichlorians you have the more sensitive you are to the force and the more powerful you are essentially something like that so it's it's that's how it works in 
the Steve, the Institute, the universe of the Institute. And actually, it's rooted in realism. Now, there are BDNF studies um, that are being done on children who might have sensitivity towards these things. But I won't pretend to know much about that. But I'm interested to learn more about it because of this book, yeah. at the very least. What were your favorite parts of the book? What were your favorite segments? Since this was a 600-plus page book, there were bound to be stretches wherein you were like, I really I enjoyed this part. I have my favorites. I mean, like, I have my favorites, but they weren't the most... Oh, well, you still call them memorable. But yeah. they're not standouts. Right. Like our previous reviews. Now, oh, this is my favorite right. because right. blah. Right. It's just that I enjoyed these parts. I liked the first few parts when Luke was still... The introduction to the Institute. With his family. Oh, yeah, and outside then, the Institute. Like before he yeah, got abducted. Like, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. You know so I was what? like, oh, right. this is fun, 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 fun. I actually what? wish what? Would, he would have spent more time on that because I feel like we never got to know his parents more. Yeah. They were killed off, essentially, very, for fairly yeah. quickly. And... Yeah. I didn't feel affected because I didn't know them. Stephen King didn't give us you know, much time to get to know them very yeah. well. And so, I don't know. He, I felt like but he I could have... Like yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, but 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 don't you think the book's gonna be long more? Nah. No, that's why. He could have taken some of the unnecessary parts that he wrote parts and just like dedicated it instead to... like The repetitive tests, He instead of doing those, he could have just focused more on... The fam- like, there's this kid that Luke references a lot. He's like his quote-unquote best friend. His name is Rolf. Rolf, yeah. We never meet Rolf. We <laughs> oh never spend God. time with Rolf. <laughs> but yeah. Luke references him a lot in the book, like as if we know him and we don't. And I don't know. It, it just We could have spent more time, like a few pages more on his life outside before he got abducted into the Institute. I, I want to go back to this part, but no, because like, I always thought that the build up was for the floating yeah. institute yeah, like that where part it where it floats crashes down on yeah, itself and it explodes yeah. but yeah. i don't know uh-huh. i feel like okay it was just like that like okay yeah and then connect yeah. the, uh, this group of kids connects to the connect to the group of kids in spain and in the brazil in, around in the world korea, in korea like, and switzerland yeah Wow, big deal. It wasn't the payoff that you wanted, was it, Maria? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, all of that. For, I mean, for okay, I can understand. I can understand, like, if it if it were on a TV screen or if it yeah. was on a movie screen. Like, oh, that, that looks so amazing. It's like, it's like the, it's like the height of the, yeah, height of like, the, unquote, unquote, but. Like the graphic uh, artist. It didn't do much for shine. me. I was, I, honestly, I was more interested in, the, the resolution of the characters, how they would be resolved. Like, would they be able to find closure? Like, even the villains, like, what would become of them? And it just felt what like... What happened to Mrs. When, Sigsby? She got shot? No, that's right. She got shot. And <laughs> and when the Institute came down crashing on itself, literally... Who died? Everyone died. <laughs> like, literally everyone died, except for the, the main cast of kids. Like, 
the the group of friends that were following around they're the ones who survive and the only one of that group of friends who dies Was is Avery. the one we love the most exactly <laughs> so our favorite that, character right I, I like how we didn't even have to talk about that and we both agree that Avery is the best the character. best character for sure <laughs> and, oh my god that child he, is everything and he dies with all of the other nameless characters that we never get to meet <laughs> and care about and just it's it's so frustrating that that's how it, it ended. Yeah. Um, oh my god. I will say, I, I I'm not upset at the fact that Avery died. I'm just upset Why? at the fact at how he died, because I liked how he he realized like, okay, you know that Luke's not here anymore, and it's really up to me to save everyone. It's up. I'm the strongest one here. I I understand how powerful I am. So. Even if it means my doom, I'm going to have to find a way to save my friends. And and then his last words were, I liked having friends. Like his last thoughts was oh. like, I liked having friends. And that was his final motivation. And you're, you're, I mean, like at first you're like, cringe, ew. And then you're like, but oh, yeah. I it's just such a sad life him. you live. Yeah, like it, maybe because you were never friendless, Jack, so you can't feel that. No, no, no. I felt bad for him, but I felt like um, I felt like King King didn't have to write that particular thought out. I was already fine with him with that courageous act. I didn't need the sim like I didn't want to have to be sympathetic towards him too. <laughs> I, I felt like I was emotionally manipulated by that line, and I just didn't like it. Yeah, I personally I like the introduction of the the town i liked how when we were introduced to dupre as a town and we were meeting this in these interesting people like the sheriff yeah. and orphan annie and orphan the crazy annie. orphan annie and wendy and everything i also like how we were introduced to luke and his family and now he's this really smart kid who is destined for who's apparently too smart to the point where his school is just like we can't teach him anything anymore he might as well go to college and and his parents uh were introduced to that home life even though it was really short i found that very endearing it gave us a really good glimpse into the life of luke and i also like the introduction to the institute itself like yeah it it was very mysterious at first you don't understand what what are these people really trying to achieve here what's the point of these tests and um like why are why are they abducting these kids these out of kids, nowhere yeah. what's the point and like it's at and I realized that King is so good at introducing new concepts okay. yeah, and like um, storylines. And it that's what that's what makes the entire story as a whole so gripping. But and he's able to sustain it for a while. He's able to sustain that uh, gripping of the reader. Yeah. But it then but then he gives us that ending and it's just like that's what all that was for. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I was just really disappointed with that ending. But that whole crash institute crashing on itself um, thing is not the most disappointing part even for me. Um, We're going to go was, through that in our uh, we, least favorite moment. Um, we can also talk about, we can. I guess we can start talking about the, what the moments like. that we didn't like also. Okay, yeah. So, the yeah, last part was what I did not like. Because the mm-hmm. book could have lived without the man with a lisp. The man because with a lisp. Because he said, yeah, the things he said were kind of repetitive and it was dragging mm. along. And I also didn't right. like the tunnel scenes. Like when they would go back to the tunnel scene with the kids, 
Remember that uh, part? Uh-huh. Uh, they were yeah, in, where they were in, trapped. Trapped inside the tunnel, like, and then they were, and then ano pa? The telephone. Um, Nikki and ano Nikki and this and this girl, Helen. Kalisha. Or Kalisha, Kalisha, yeah. They were kissing pa. They were kissing. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. Like, what's? I don't wanna. I don't wanna hear about this. Like, I, don't yeah. know, I didn't like that part. And then the telephone also, yeah. I did not get. Or like when they would connect, like where the nightmares. Right. I really hate hearing about dreams and nightmares in a book. Like, yeah. please spare me. So those right. moments, now I didn't like. Right. Show, like the big phone, like, and also the zero phone. Can you tell me about that? I didn't get it good. Yeah. So I also didn't. I also thought <laughs> that when the kids were having the dreams about the telephone, I thought it was a reference to that zero, zero phone, phone somehow, yeah. and I was so confused. Which apparently they're not even related. Apparently, the telephone was like a metaphor for just like connecting the different kids uh, around, okay. like on different institutions. That's why when Kalisha was talking to, some, it was a different language. Language, and oh. then that's when they realized, like, oh, there are kids that aren't that are, are in like other us. countries that yeah. are the same as us. So I, I hated how of all the, the items that Stephen King used, he used the telephone to like symbolized the connection between the different institutes he, i mean it could have just been like they could have just like met in this like dream realm place like as actual people yeah. i don't i don't know or maybe even just voices they didn't have to use a telephone because it really made me confused also because i thought it was somehow connected because avery because started talking phone. about we have i have to i have to answer the big phone because yeah, avery was like phone. i have to answer the big phone and then I was like, "What? What's the big phone? Is that is that like the phone, the zero phone? Is that the same thing?" And it's like, uh, it was really, it was really messy. And then it ended up like we never really found out what the zero phone was phone for. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to. I mean, like, you. I mean, I know that it it was you would you would it was a phone that you could use to call the, the guy with the lisp, right? The guy with the lisp, or maybe someone higher than him. Well, I, thought, I don't like, know. The big bosses, The big bosses yeah. for help. Yeah, I don't know. That's, oh man, yeah, that was not. Yeah, I might have to look, go back to that. It I was wish just, they used the phone. I was looking forward to that. Like what the I mean, resolution I like would be the, again. I like the build up, like the concept of like this really dangerous phone that can call some really dangerous people. Like, okay, that's really interesting, and then it goes nowhere. It's like <laughs> it's as if like he just <laughs> forgot about used. it. It's like, oh, Stephen King, why did you do this to me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, that. yeah, I think we can both agree. Like there were parts in the middle also that got really dragging, especially the escape. And then there was this part where he f- he, he he used like ten pages to talk about like the the routes of trains. And I huh, ten pages? Just, I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe there was less than that, but it felt like ten pages. <laughs> um, oh man! Like, you know, like he was like. They were just talking about like, oh, this train goes here and then this train is going to go here. So I'm going to end up in this town and this is how I'm going ah, to escape. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, this, I don't need you to walk me through this process of the escape, Stephen King. It's like, um, he, he gets on a train and he goes somewhere else. Like, that's all I needed to know. Let's move on. Like, uh, you don't have to tell me where, where the train stops are. I don't know. It, it just really frustrated me. I just... You know, there's yeah. also a part there that was pretty interesting now for me. Oh, finally, there's some action. It's when yeah, which part? um that kid they experimented on this kid who really liked the twins. Remember that part? There oh, was this kid yeah. who liked the twins, and then um they did yeah. an experiment on him, and he became like in an invalid. Violent. 
Or like, or like yeah. what do you call that? Like, nang parang gork. Like, they had a term for it. Yeah, a oh, gork. No, no, no. He turned like, into a yeah. gork. Is yeah. that a real term? Uh, I, I like, don't know. Also, oh, he, he was like empty brain, like right, like a zombie. Yeah, yeah, like he he was zombified, and then he accidentally slapped the other twin, and then the other twin Killing hit her, her head. <laughs> in yeah. the wall and then like yeah. her neck was broken like that graphic right. scene I really liked like oh wow finally something's happening you know yeah yeah like, and that was, those were the girls yeah. that like reminded Luke of, of the twins the from Shining. The Shining yes <laughs> yeah so, so that yeah. was a that was, good that was part. also interesting yeah, yeah that was an interesting um, part because that that was what put the, the the institute staff on their toes they were like oh um, this shouldn't have happened yeah and so it, it's the first time you see something that isn't supposed to happen happen actually in the institute and so you say oh so it's not an it's not a perfect place they don't have a perfect system they're not doing things right all the time and it kind of justifies how someone like luke can just escape because they don't have the best technology apparently they don't have the best security cameras and whatever it would have been nice so, if one of the characters visited the other areas like I feel yeah, like okay, it would be capo, but like you know, like one character escapes and find this room of gorks, you know, like things like that. But like, I want to yeah. know what's in um C two oh, things like that. Yeah, yeah, but there was this part where Luke got a hold of a key, right? And then yeah. he started going around the 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 institute exploring for himself. And but then he never there made were some it to the back he couldn't half. Go to. Yeah, he yeah. Never, he never got to go there. Um, and it, again, it just goes to show like how. Terrible is the security at that place where a kid yeah, like Luke exactly. can just walk can just around, get, yeah, go around anywhere. Okay, so the whole point of the institute was to like to prevent evil happening within the world, right? Well, it's like a necessary yeah, exactly. evil. It's like a necessary evil. Um, so you do one bad thing to prevent an even worse thing the from other, happening. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But so in my mind, these people like are very self righteous. They think like what they're doing is good for the world, right? Yeah. But why, why, why are you? Why do you have to be so comically evil about it? It's like you, you get so much joy from hurting kids, kids. even though that shouldn't really be your, your like reason for being. Like, yeah, you have, you want to save the world, but it seems like your sole purpose for existence is to just hurt kids. And I don't know, I found that really weird. See, the only interesting villains that I really liked were Mrs. Sigsby and the, the guy with the list. I mean, maybe Stackhouse also, but like I was mostly interested in Sixby and the Lisp guy, the how Lisp they guy. would, how what their story arcs would become, and Mrs. Sixby ended up dying in a in the crossfire of a Mexican standoff, <laughs> and yeah, and the Lisp guy, um, we'll get to him in my least favorite part of the book. So yeah, yeah um, maybe we should get to that. Maybe we should talk about the. The, the epilogue already. Yeah. Um, unless you have okay. any other things you want to talk well, about. No, I'm done with everything. Right. So in in storytelling, there's this thing that's called an exposition dump or an information dump wherein they will use a character to just unload large <laughs> bits of information that yeah. will try to correct plot holes or unexplained aspects of the plot. And it, like essentially, it's a character that goes on a long monologue just to explain the parts of the story that haven't been told yet or that haven't been explained yet. Yeah. And that's usually indicative of lazy writing. Mm. There's this 
there's this thing in writing wherein you're supposed to give your readers um, two plus two, but you're never supposed to give them four. <laughs> if you give them the number four, it's really boring. It's just a plain old number. But if you give them the process, the two plus two, it becomes a lot more interesting because you're yeah, you're inviting you're tr- you're them thinking, to be a part of the process and yeah. solving for, oh, so that's why the four came about because of two plus two. And we never got that because uh, the epilogue was essentially just a big number four for 30 pages of this guy just like talking about this is our this was our evil plan all along and this is yeah. how you foiled us and this is why you exi- this is why we existed as an organization we are necessary in making the world a better place and i felt like this is all stuff that luke could have discovered on his own like he could have gone on his journey to research more about the institute and this guy and these guys and like find out who they really are and like bring yeah. them down as a whole but no stephen king decided to just bring the bad guy to them and have him explain to them okay this is what our institute is actually and this is what we do and oh man that's just like really that's really how you chose to end the story yeah like, uh, what did you think about like because you know the kids are forced to go back to they're essentially forced to forget everything that happened like it's very traumatic what they've been through and you know Tim decides that they should all just try to live as normal lives as possible and just try to pretend like this part of their life never yeah. happened what do you think about that well I mean like do, does it bring justice to their story arcs or their characters or okay what is their like what would have been the best option for them like you can't make them take care of all of right. them like you can't right. make them live on their own because they're minors yeah but, so. but I think the part that I have a gripe about is like how they're just forced to forget everything that happened like they just have to yeah. pretend like nothing happened even though like there's like the the guy with the lisp the man with the lisp says um, the, the institute still exists we're, we're, we're going to rebuild yeah. Even though everything happened, that happened, happened. And I think the kids, they, they, they won't get the closure that I wanted for them. Yeah. So I felt very unfulfilled with how their stories turned out. Unfolded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like after, after what happened, like the epilogue, I didn't really pay that much attention already because I was yeah. like, oh You basically my God. checked out, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was still reading the book, but I was just like yeah. reading it to finish it yeah. or to like catch on. Yeah. Like, more, it became more of like a task I had to finish and not like me wanting yeah. to really finish that. But yeah, yeah it, it ended when it ended. It's unfortunate. Me. Like, yeah. um, the, you know, given we had to endure so much just to get to that point and then that's what he yeah. rewarded us with and it felt like I was I felt very cheated um with the investment that I gave into this book emotionally I um, feel like there w- I feel like that was um a good start for a part 2 you know right for maybe maybe it could sequel. have been like a cliffhanger maybe yeah, yeah I hope they do something like that just so to, I to, can get some justify, kind of closure yeah. with Luke's um with Luke's closure like as a his, character. His character is so good. You know, like, it was right. so good. Like, n- like now, I, I still... It's like, I feel like I know Luke. Like, I really know yeah. him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, now, we're like, okay, bye. It's like, what? Yeah. Are we never gonna hear from this character ever again? And Tim yeah. is also pretty great, right? So, we're like, I don't know. I feel like there should be a part two for this. 
I don't expect a sequel to come out of this. But we talked earlier about how Luke's motivations changed over time. How when he yeah. first got into the Institute, it was, I want to be reunited with my with parents. parents. And then, and then it he realized on. the parents were dead. So it's like, yeah. now I want to save my friends. And then um, and then I, I, I thought the natural evolution would be for his motivation to be, I have to bring the people behind the Institute to justice. I want to see them go yeah. to jail. I want to make sure the Institute doesn't happen ever again to prevent kids from suffering. And but they died. Like, yeah. And it, it feels like it feels like he just gave up. Like the moment they escaped, it's like he just gave up. I have no more motivations. Like that's it. That's yeah. the end of my story. And I feel like, oh, that's that's not how <laughs> I wanted your character to turn out. Like I wanted you to like really see things through and like but bring Dubai, this Mr. Like, Lisp by to justice. But yeah. Dubai he think? was willing to just give the flash drive in return for yeah. like in return to getting his friends back. So he really yeah. had no intention to you know, put them behind bars. It was just to rescue his yeah, friends. I, I feel like that was yeah. his only yeah, goal. Yeah, I wasn't satisfied with that. I feel to like, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just wanted to see the bad guys really brought to justice. And yeah, whatever. same. I, I didn't want them to get away with it. What else? Yeah, so I guess that's it with um, the specific parts. Maybe we should move on to the final part of our review. I think you can agree with me by... When I say that the book had good intentions and it had yeah. a really interesting concept, of course um, it did. The idea of superpowered kids in an institute wherein they are forced to do things that they don't want to do—I mean, it's interesting. Oh, it's really interesting, very interesting. But it's the execution was just less than stellar. It was long build up. It's we started off with Tim, and then the storyline transitioned to Luke, and then we got a glimpse of his family. And then we got to see the institution, and then we got to meet his friends, and then we were introduced to the mysterious man with the lisp, and Mrs. Sigsby, and everyone who runs the institution. And I feel like none of them had any satisfying resolutions. Like, you think his parents died, obviously. Um, Tim ends up at some kind of farm with, uh, what's her name? Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. The kids are forced to keep quiet about this very traumatic and stressful times of their life. For the rest of their lives, they have to pretend like it, nothing, nothing happens. Happened. The man with the lisp, he's still alive, but he has to like rebuild the institution from the ground up. And uh, Mrs. Sixby is dead. And I don't know. I feel like no one won. I feel like no one won in this <laughs> book at all. Avery died. Like <laughs> No one got the ending that I wanted them to get. Maybe Tim got the closest, but I feel like he didn't even end up becoming a cop again. Like, oh yeah, right. Like, he, none of their yeah. none of their stories panned out the way that I wanted them to pan out. It well, was like maybe that's a major reality. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if that was a conscious choice by King to just like very nihilistic and be. Well, that's just life, you know. Life just happens yeah. like that. But I don't know. Life. I just hated it. Um, Same. I hated it because I was so invested in their lives and he just gave me that. The book was filled with a lot of memorable scenes, though. I will I will say that. Like, they were very vivid scenes that, you know, that yeah. stick in your mind. The, the tests, especially when the kids, like, go into, like, Maureen shows the footage of the people in the back of the back half, like where they're actually yeah, zombies. Works. Yeah. They're essentially empty, empty people. They have nothing yeah. in them anymore. They're just Except for mindless their power. bodies. Yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting to see it. Not, not interesting. What is it interesting? It's just very jarring 
to see those scenes but like can out. you imagine seeing that on screen that would right. be you it's know like disturbing very yeah, disturbing yeah i feel like they could yeah. really make a good limited series from this yeah i feel I, uh, like but that's the that's that's also the problem i think because there were a lot of these really good vivid scenes, scenes. but all of them were like in service of another thing they they were just there to serve as if like they were trying to serve another scene and another scene. They were just like constant build-ups. And none of these scenes left me feeling like, okay, that scene is good standing alone, like on its own. All yeah. of them felt like it was in constant service to something else. And then, which is the point of a build-up essentially, but then we don't get that reward. We don't get that fulfillment. And it's just like all of it was wasted. But the characters were very endearing. The kids yeah. were very endearing, especially Luke and Avery. I, I even like Kalisha, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> and Nikki, like you see, they they have very King did a good job of um, giving them very distinct personalities. Like yeah. they were this, they like you knew they were all different. But as, uh, outside of them, everyone else was like a faceless person. You don't really. <laughs> it's like they just happen to be there at the same time. Again, I hated the exposition dump at the end. It's very lazy writing. I expected yeah. more from Stephen King. But given the length of the book, uh, maybe he had no choice. I'm, I'm not sure. But, but um, again, I feel like most, must, yeah. I feel like it would have been best to stop at the bus ride, the bus ride home. Like it would have been a more right. fulfilling end. Like, right. okay, bus yeah. stop. Like, ha, huh, okay, it means yeah. the chapter closed. The end. <laughs> and then just leave it to us to like, you to like know, figure just, it out. Like, like, yeah. Like, I didn't need I didn't need all I didn't need that scene with the guy with the lisp anymore. Like, yeah. That just pissed me off. Um I agree. Yeah. But I mean, again, I'd still recommend it. It's still for the most like if you're this is the kind of book like I would recommend if you're like on a fourteen hour flight. Like just grab this fourteen book. hour flight. <laughs> like you know, like and you need a book to like entertain you for like a really long stretch long, of time. Like, yeah, you, I agree. Yeah, you can pick this book up. It, it'll do that <laughs> job. I mean, I'm never gonna read it again. I know that for sure. But I don't regret oh, reading yeah, it either. Defo. Yeah. But do you have any regrets reading it? Do you feel like you wasted your time no, reading no, no, it? No, 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 no. Right. I enjoyed like, it. Like I really enjoyed same, it. Same. Despite That's why my I also give it like. Yeah. yeah, like 3.9, yeah. 3.8 yeah. because it was yeah. a fun read. It was still an fun read. Like, uh, yeah, there were just, uh, it just wasn't a perfect one. Um, yeah, I would we'll say. leave it at that. Yeah. So, I guess we're, I guess we've said everything that needs to be said about the Institute, Mariana, unless you have anything else. No, I, we good. Yep. All right. So good. I guess that concludes our episode of The Institute by Stephen King. Mariana, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, follow me on my Instagram, Mariana G. Varela, or if you're into film photos, MGV Film. Thank you. All right. Um, follow Fiction Friends PH also on Instagram and follow Jet Luga on of Instagram. Course. Actually, I'm really boring on Instagram. You, you don't have to follow me. But follow Fiction Friends PH. Yeah. Um, you can also Fiction send us Friends. messages. If yeah, you books want you want us to any review. Any books that you want us to review and talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if you just want to have random conversations about books, we'll, we'll be open to that also. Yeah. Um, we're Again, we're friendly here. We're trying to make friends. So feel free Fiction to be our friend. Friends. Yeah. Okay. So yes. I guess that does it. Thank Goodbye. you guys for tuning in. 
Yeah. We hope to see you on the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Goodbye. Goodbye.